Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's Issues program. I don't know if you guys read the description, but uh, this week's show is going to be a little bit different. I went to Anime Boston last weekend, and I had a lot of news stories, some videos to edit, and some other uh, important video and computer-oriented things I had to do for work. And it became really difficult to, every time I'd plug in my audio equipment, my computer would sort of freeze up, and it just became very, very difficult to, to get in a position to plug in and do, well, you know, whatever the quality of the show is before. I was going to say high quality, but whatever the quality of the show is before. But I didn't want to not bring you a show, and I wanted to finish off Star Trek Month right by bringing someone else in to give their perspective of the movie. But... But, like I said, timing was tough. But just on happenstance, a friend of mine happened to be here, and the subject of the movie came up. So, instead of stopping all recording and setting up my audio equipment and getting him, in, getting him strapped in and ready to uh, record a podcast, I, I just kind of turned the computer mic on and just let it, let it go. And got, like, a very rage-filled honest sort of expression. So I, I kind of have to put it out there. And I've also been wanting to get this guy on the podcast since I did this old show on WMWM. Uh, I've been wanting to get him on to talk video games and movies with me because we always have some such great conversations, uh, you know, not on the air somewhere. So I wanted to see if I can translate that. And it becomes easier if you forget that something's recorded, you don't have a microphone in front of you. And that's kind of what happened as, as it went on. So... <laughs> So we both, he came over and Star Trek came up and we were both looking at each other like in a poker game back and forth about what did you think? No, what did you think? And it was, it was, it was sort, of a, sort of a weird feeling. And, and, then, and then neither one of us wanted to admit it. Neither one of us wanted to say it out loud. And finally, I do have to say, he, he got to it first. He did. He just came right out and said, you know what? I didn't like it. And I said, wait a second, wait one second, reached over to my computer, pushed the record button on the simple audio dictate recording, and bam, it took it from right here. So I'm gonna, we're going to pick this conversation up. Guys, me had like zero charisma, as you said. He was like a dead end of a personality. It's like, this is him emoting. And he had none of Khan's cleverness in all of his physical stuff. You know what I mean? You didn't get to know him until he was imprisoned, and then that's the worst way to introduce a character is to and, have him in a box. And he just turned into, like, he tur turned into Darth Maul, essentially. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Just a fucking stupid fucking regular character that fucking is, like, you know, there for bullshit reasons. If he was a more approachable character, you could see why Kirk would want to turn to him. Like, okay, okay, right, right. Okay, let's stop right here because I want to get to my major point here and 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 what I fucking want to talk about here. The first fucking thing, the most important thing, is why are we even talking about this? Why the fuck are we even talking about this? Because this movie did not have to have Khan as a fucking villain. If that guy was just some random villain, some other guy on the botany fucking bay that's pretending to be Khan because you know what I mean? He un he. He unwestly sniped the wrong guy, okay? You know what I'm saying? Like unwestly sniped the wrong guy, and 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 he's pretending to be fucking Khan, okay? And like and he's never Khan, or it's another reveal at the end. It did not need to be Khan. You never had to have that reveal. It could have just been a genetically enhanced freakazoid that like came that that re okay that since the since the results of the last movie, like, I'm just I'm rewriting, but you know what I mean. Since the last was 
point of the last movie, this gentleman needs to... Uh, got scared about what happened. The, the, Star, the Starfleet guy got scared about what happened. So instead of taking Khan out of fucking stasis or whatever, he finds another guy and enhances him with genetically enhanced powers, and that turns into that guy. You know what I mean? Like, something... Okay, my point here is the first half of the movie, the very beginning, the very beginning, that opening se segment, I liked. The opening scene that got shown in the previews and stuff. Oh, absolutely. With all the, uh, the pygmy, whatever. Yeah, that, that seems like are. a show. Yeah, the, 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 the ship taking off, it has this great setup, you are totally enthralled, Kurtz broke the rules again, and that's how it starts off, you are on board from ground zero. Yep. And then as soon as it gets stuck into this whole, like, you know... Okay, uh, I will I'm at Starfleet. Let's talk about all of the, the okay. laws and the now, things. I hear, you, I hear you with that, but I will go as far to say that the first half of the movie, the very first half of the movie, um, up until the point of the con reveal, I was almost with. You know, it's cheesy action movie. My problem with it, my biggest problem with it is, is it, it more than the last movie, it seemed like a lot of the actors, except for Chris Pine. I'm going to give Chris Pine respect. And I like Simon Pegg, so I. Give oh, Pegg was brilliant. Yeah, he was brilliant. And he did both of them. What both of them? What they do instead of the others is instead of doing impressions of the characters, they bring their own, their own. Their they own, are the character. They they, own it. No, they inspire. They're they're taking the, what those other characters did, inspiring them to give their own take on the character. You know, in the same way that another character will take on Hamlet or something like that. But the guy who's playing Bones, fucking fucking Carl Urban there is, like, a good actor, but he doesn't have the humor of Bones. Again, I've said this, like, ten times on ten different podcasts or ten different things to from ten different people, but they fucked up, and it's J.J. Abrams. He knew somebody in his circle that would have been a better Bones than fucking Carl Urban there. Fucking Sawyer from Lost. Think about it. Think about it. Humor has the humor wit to roll off the tongue. Like, whenever this Bones goes into bullshit, it sounds like pre-recorded, pre-rehearsed, like, oh, Jim. And, again, he fucked up the triad. It's not Kirk and Spock. The original series cast is not about Kirk and Spock. It's about Kirk, Spock, and McCoy. Those fucking three. Not Kirk, Spock, and Scotty. Like, because Simon Pegg's a better actor, and you fucked up in casting. So you gotta be like, oh, we gotta give Simon Pegg a better, better more to do. The, the most fun you have is with the conversations with Bones and Spock. Because one has this one rationale, when they're both men of science, but one has this, like, black and white mentality, and this other one's like, well, what about the human factor and the emotion factor? And there's none of that in any of these movies. So it adds all this awesome social commentary, even though you're dealing with aliens, and you get none of the social commentary that you used to get in the Star Trek episodes. Exactly. And that, or the movies. Or any of the intellectual, like, to me, that's my, my biggest problem, aside from anything else, is the, the whole movie itself feels like too much candy, not enough substance. Substance feels too too action movie-y and not cerebral enough. And I want cerebral in my Star Trek. A lot of people complain about the movie Star Trek Nemesis, which which is about which basically has the same fucking story at the end in this movie. Big ship comes after little ship. Bam, bam, bam. Oh, let's kill someone important at the end like we didn't wrap up. A ship that could attack in hyperspace. Yeah, in, in hyperspace. Or, yeah. That couldn't happen in the 23rd fucking century when Picard was there. Yeah. It can't happen that then. Like, let's just recanonize that shit for bullshit. I was really upset with the fact that there's this huge po uh, portion of the movie dedicated to following the rules and doing what's right and this morality in the time. And the prime the whole setup in the big. And then the whole ending... I mean, I don't know if we're going to ruin, ruin it. Ruin it. But it's just the exact opposite of what all those things stood for. Like, inevitable war, secret planning. I mean, it has social commentary to maybe us right now, 
but it has nothing to do with the fantasy of Gene Roddenberry of being like this. No, in this like utopian future. Of and I know some people, that, some people that might be listening to this go, "Oh, you're a Deep Space Nine fan. That doesn't have to do with Gene Roddenberry either." But fuck you, it does. He had lost his mind a little bit at that point, and, and Deep Space Nine just looks at a different world and looks at outside of that pinnacle of monolithic whatever what happens. But in this movie, no one was thinking. In Star Trek, it's about exploration. All the fucking conflicts and bullshit they get involved there. And he just looked at the, through the telescope the other way. Yeah. Well, what if it's not a starship? What if it's a whole community that stays right put, and then there's a wormhole that brings the galaxy yes. to them? But ba- back to this other way for a second. What was J.J. Abrams thinking? What, what, what would you think? Obviously, he wasn't. I think he was okay. already focused on some other project. That, yeah, what project could that be? Yeah. <laughs> but... But, oh, do you want any more of this? Yeah. Oh, but, I'm oh, sorry. But that's the thing. It's like the first half of the movie, this is why I say at the very beginning, I'm sorry about that. The very beginning, they if they had focused more on what they set up in that first scene, Spock be risking his life and Kirk saving his life. And that's why I think Chris Pine was the only one that put in a great, an excellent performance and showed a character arc, because he seemed to have grown since the last movie. He seems more Kirk-like to me. He just does. Like, I believe he is Kirk. You know, I, and I don't think he, and he's not doing a Shatner impression in the least bit. Fuck you, Zachary Quinto, Scott Siler. I liked you better in Heroes. I, I think you're a good actor, and definitely if this was Vegas and you were doing a Spock impression, you would win. But you're not, and you're not adding anything unique or you. You know, I'm, I understand you're adding more human side because your world is destroyed, so you're showing a little bit more of the emotional side. But what the fuck was the CW program in the middle of the fucking movie? That when we had to deal with the the horror love shit, it's like, oh, we can't think of anything cool for a horror to do, so we set up this love triangle in the this not triangle, this love thing in the first movie, and Kirk's a whore, so we can't make, make give him a love character yet, but we will introduce her, moo ha ha ha, for no reason apparently, for any reason at all, just for sequels. The, the blonde ends up being his in Star Trek. It, it was just backwards. If you want to make the sacrifice of Kirk's. More, you know, prominent or like, you know, make it pop, as they say. Put him in with the love interest. You know what I mean? Like, if the the woman in the love interest in the beginning is the one who sees the, you know, this ultimate sacrifice, it's going to have way more moving power than it would if it's someone who's just a mimbo. Yeah. (laughs) They just didn't need to spend that much time on Spock's romance and stuff. Okay. Now... Now, my real problem, though, when it comes down to it, is the second half of the movie felt like a lot of fan service bullshit that they think Star Trek fans would want to see. And apparently, I'm wrong. People wanted to see this because, like you said earlier, everyone, everyone is, seems to love and everything. I was booing at things in the theater, and people were like, ooh, ah, ooh, and I'm like, fuck this. You know, like, okay. First of all, when Khan's first introduced, before we know he's Khan, I'm going to take it from the beginning. There's this music cue when he helps out that guy save his daughter or whatever like that, and the, and the guy goes to him, who are you? And you hear this music. My name's Bob. Or whatever his name was. It's just, I laughed. Okay, I, I laughed out loud. It was, it was ridiculous. Okay, so the movie goes on, blah, 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 blah. We get to the second half once he admits he's Khan. And first of all, the whole Kirk thing at the end, we mentioned Kirk dies at the end. And we're gonna get to that in a second, but but it it would have been so much more powerful if they didn't smash us over the head three times with the Khan's blood sa- suddenly saves people now like it's again I'm gonna say heroes like it's uh, cl- like it's the cheerleaders Claire Claire's blood that can somehow you know Wolverine can Wolverine's blood do that in the next men universe can yeah can it can it I don't um, know there's been theories and they've done what if comics and. 
like clones it's, of well, you know, it's Wolverine. stupid then and it's stupid now. Okay, <laughs> that wouldn't fucking work. Okay, and heroes, it's even worse. They they give a cancer patient someone's blood, and it would just speed. You know, if you do the science of it, it would just sped up the process. You know, if you give like genetically enclosed unique blood or whatever, it's fucked up shit. It would have been much better if they set it up for the next one. Had Khan maybe get away? Okay. And, and then, like, they find out that through Bones, like, last shot is, like, him seeing the trouble come back to life and being like, there is a way to save him, but we can't do it yeah, yet. Yeah, but Bones had no arc in this movie, so we couldn't do anything with Yeah, what the fuck's up with that? No Bones. You get an awesome fucking... Scotty. You know, uh, yeah, Simon Pegg. Simon Pegg was the best part of Nails it, and then you don't even put him as much as you need. Yeah. You sh- if you're going to make him that great of a character, you should put him all over the fucking place, yeah. and you don't. And you don't. You have him in, like, the, a few select scenes, but he yeah. should, you should have just had a... Paint the walls with him. You should have had an A-B roll thing going on like you did in episode... Two is with uh with Anakin in uh in Obi Wan where you like black back and forth between Scotty's story finding some scientific shit out on the planet about what's going on. Remember Scotty was like a keystone in the last movie and it was like his role that kind of like tied everything together or his character. The rub really tied the room together. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it really made it the whole story. And then you have him getting fucking. Th- being himself and then getting punished for it, and then we're all punished in the theater because of it. Yeah, of course. Of course. And, and, and it's like you ha- you get people like Sulu, like Kumar or Harold or whatever his name is, yeah. and they're not being Sulu. You get Chekhov. The Chekhov's good. I gotta, gotta admit, they cast the right kid for Chekhov. They didn't give him a lot. I mean, I liked his scenes in this movie. He cracked me up. And Chekhov, in general, was always that kind of character anyway, made for kind of comic relief and into. And in, in the the themes that they used in the '80s for serious moments with Chekhov being like a Russian in the you know a Russian around you know couldn't work now. So I, I don't mind Chekhov and what he does. He's a throwaway character to me. But if there's paper like like dolls set up instead of like real acting. Yeah, the whole fucking movie. I feel like she, like Sulu was just put there because they want to sell more movies. Oh yeah, like tickets let's, pick, in let's Asia. pick a random Asian guy. You know that's what I mean? Fake, like I don't really feel like that was well. like. Written because yeah. they thought Sulu was the right character for that scene. Again, it should have been Jin. Yeah. What if they did a Hoorah? That would have been badass. Yeah. cold-hearted bitch. Like a real... Out there, like, yeah. like giving some real talk yeah. to the Klingons. Instead, she's just, she's just there. It's, it's just bullshit. And, okay. So that... I agree with you. It's paper doll acting the whole entire movie. And then we get to, like, the worst section of the movie. The whole end section. Uh, that, which literally just started to make me sick. Once he said, I'm Khan, what's his name? Khan. Dun, dun, dun. Okay, we got fucking Leonard Nimoy dressing up like Spock in his room at home and coming on the camera for a second to remind us that Zachary Quinto is not Spock. That, you know what I mean? That he looks like Spock took some, like, uh, ate a little bit too much and is a little beefy or something like that. You know, I would have just made it a transmission, like, over the air. Like, what if they were, like, at, like... I think every time you show Leonard Nimoy, an angel dies. Because <laughs> you realize that these people, it takes you out of it for a second. You know, you're like, this is Spock. Who the fuck is this guy? You know, like, and, and okay, we find out about Khan from him. They, they plan, they beat Khan, whatever. But, but my, big, my biggest problem here is, like, the whole rule reversal with the death at the end of Wrath of Khan when Kirk dies the same way. And it just, to me, it's like... It, if you, if someone had told me I was going to watch a fan-made movie and this, we're watching like something that a bunch of fans made, you know, like one of those movies you see on YouTube, like uh, like uh, Star Wars Phase Two or something, Have you seen yeah, that? yeah, things yeah. like that. That's what it seemed to me we were watching. We were watching a joke, a fucking joke, and then fucking 
Oh my god, the worst part of the movie is having Zachary fucking Quinto having Siler yell con. And I'm stealing this from somebody oh. else. That is the worst. I, this isn't my original thought. I have to give full credit to Confused Man. That is the exact moment when I started to realize how big of a piece of shit this, this is. What this, this is what he said, and, and tell me if you agree. It's the single worst cinematic moment since Vader yelled, No! Padme! It's the same effect. It is exactly same the same effect. Thing. Isn't it? That's a fucking same effect. I mean, in that scene, I think Lucas was trying to throw back to Frankenstein, which yeah. is cool. Which the, I the, the visual was yeah. good. The visual was good. And, like, that that's, like, a cool throwback. But this is a throwback to the same fucking movie. Yeah, you in, know what I mean? And not even the same movie. And if you're going to make the throwback to the same fucking movie, why don't you make the reference real? When, when First of all, that line is so synonymous with Shatner. It's such a joke line at this point. You can't do that line seriously anymore. Yeah. You, can't, you can't do it seriously. You cannot fucking do that. And not to mention, when... Kirk yelled that in Wrath of Khan. This might be a little bit of repeats from the last thing I said, but again, I have to remind people. When Kirk said that, he wasn't saying it out of rage. He was saying it because him and Spock had already made the plan to fuck Khan later. They had used his hubris to fuck him up because he did not think that they might switch code or speaking code or do anything. So he knew him. He was trying to encourage Khan just to egg him on, to make him more angry. It was fucking Kirk. Kirk fucking with him. It wasn't out of rage. And then we have fucking the stupidest thing in the history of Star Trek. A fucking Vulcan going all rage fucking pawn far crazy like fucking in a fist fight. I'm sorry Vulcans don't go in fist fights. Spock would have thought logically and figured out a better solution to that situation. You know what he would have done? He would have done the pinch and he would have fallen down. Done. I mean, he tried the pinch, but okay. Pinch You're a giant moving thing. And pinch like, isn't you know, going to work. Oh, and and we, need, yeah, we need to write in that the pinch isn't going to work, because that would be too fucking easy. It would be amazing. Yeah. It would have been like this awesome epic fight. Khan goes ballistic. Like, it would have been like an Indiana Jones moment. Yes. Like when he shoots the ninja. Exactly. You're just like, pop. Sorry. Like, he does all this stuff, and, like, it just, need, like... You and know, then he just Spock's goes... Spock's character always constantly, like, trying to be logistic, like, trying to save everybody. And then he just turns his head yeah. and goes, fascinating. <laughs> you know? It's a, well, I'll just say, like, it would be, like, let's say the whole fight is totally at at least, like, two arms lengths away from him. At yeah. no moment does he ever get near him. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, like, he's really bringing the pain on Spock. And then, finally, he just makes the mistake to get within arm's reach of Spock. And he's like... Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. No, this is the pitch. Yeah. Over. Yeah. And it would have been hilarious. Yeah. Everyone would have screamed. It would have been one of the greatest moments in the movie theater ever. Yeah. You know, you would have cheered, you would have got up and stood, and the movie would have won the <laughs> over. But to me, the movie just... That would have been a great spot. It would have. Because Khan's just like ultimate badass. Super, like, it's like the fucking, like, genial lamp thing. It's like, great, and awesome cosmic powers. And then it's like, oh, one little Boop. thing, and you're, and you're back in your little lamp. <laughs> yeah, but instead, the movie, and I, and I say... I agree with you. Felt like fan service bullshit. It felt like it felt like a bunch of guys were sitting in a room going, "Hey, dude, uh, what, what do you think someone wants to see in the Star Trek movie?" Uh, uh, I know what we can do. We know what we can do. We can switch around the end of Wrath of Khan. Bro, no, no, no. We can make the villain Khan. You know that's an even better idea, dude. It's like again, they got the fucking Lost writers from the last few seasons of Lost to get there and be like, "Oh yeah, it will make the smoke monster." Uh, brothers with the guy that's the that guards and then their mother like oh, that doesn't make sense who cares if it makes sense <laughs> it's an alternate universe but you again if you're gonna cast 
people to play these iconic roles. You can't cast people to play caricatures of the real characters. You need to do what Chris Pine did and what Simon Pegg did. Yeah, Those the people to the reinvent the wheel and use element. I mean, did you once looking at uh, Chris Pine in this movie think about Shatner? No. I didn't. I did. Not once in Shatner's mind. Shat- Every other character, I can. I can't say the same for except for uh, Simon Pegg. I, but the only thing I did think was was wow, s- s- the real Scotty and this Scott and this Scotty would have fun drinking together. Absolutely. Like if there was like an alternate universe where they could meet. That would be funny. I know James Duhan is dead, but but that I think I think James Duhan and Simon Pegg would get along in a, in real life. Like they just they have they. He, what he brings about Scotty is that joy and that humor, and he's definitely not playing the Simon Pegg exactly. He is bringing some of, like, that moment when he's, the best moment in the whole entire movie is his argument with Kirk. That, that, that face-off when he's like, I'm not going in there. You know, I'll, I'll leave. Like, that's like, that, you're like, real acting is going on. Holy shit. What is this? Real <laughs> acting. I'm feeling an emotion. Holy shit. And, and like, Chris Pond, I hope that dude has a good future because and gets into some good movies. And I and I guess I just hope this movie was going to be the dark night of this series and really take the movie into the the uh, take what they set up in the first movie and take it into another. First direction. one was great, awesome reboot. This one was so subpar. I'm so disappointed. Do if you were if you I'm were, worried about Star Wars. I walked out of there. Okay, yeah. I was wondering if the Jonathan Star Wars going to be like a new just fan service. Anything, anything else you want to say about that movie? Anything they got crap that, you, that <laughs> popped in your mind about that movie? What the uh, the Star Trek? Star Trek. Oh man, did, did we? T- oh, I think we touched. There's a lot. There's a lot. That, the fact that Starfleet was the fucking villain yeah. was dumb. Yeah, like, what yeah. the fuck? Mm. Like the whole premise of the story is how awesome Starfleet <laughs> is and how we're gonna have to deal with all these other races. And that we have to, like, keep to our values. And that was what the whole Ronmay thing's about, is having this, like, you know, you know, utopian kind of mentality of, like, trying to discover the... The, the only aspect... The only without I, hurting it. The only aspect of that I did not mind, just to give you a little Star Trek history in case, because I know you haven't seen Deep Space Nine completely through, is the, the one aspect, the Section 31 thing, that was set up in Deep Space Nine as every other organization in, in, the, in, the, in the quadrant has this, like, FBI or sort of secret group, and supposedly they have been there since the beginning. So I like that it was Section 31, but I did not like how that all played out. I did not like the guy they cast for it. It was just kind of stupid. And I just think in general it was a bad movie. If you were given a grade or a number out of 10, like... C. And that's being generous. (laughs) What I said was 5 out of 10 as a Star Trek fan... For like just flashy and colors and lights, maybe eight out eight or ten, I'd give it a six and a half ish around there. But talking to you, just being in, around someone else that also hates it, I want to give this thing in in honor of the spill crew. I give this thing a fuck you, JJ Abrams, fuck you. And I want to transition to what you just said and talk a little bit about this before we get into the Soul Calibur shit. <laughs> I want to tell JJ to get fucked if this is how he's gonna do. Yeah, that's Star what I want to talk about. How, as, <laughs> as being someone, I mean, I am more of a Star Trek nerd, but but I love Star Wars. But we both love both. But what, how does this make you feel going into Star Wars? I think he was taking the Star Wars element and putting it into Star Trek. And yeah. that's probably why yeah. it didn't work. No, I hear you, dude. It's and- more taking the elements of what Star Wars is, which is a, a, a crazy galaxy full of ups and downs, uh, all multiple factions. All the same thing as when in Star Trek, but there's more of this human-based, like, you know, follow the rules, Starfleet, yeah. like... We've been, like, 
that you know, I, building on the history of our our nation. So you have this like huge like you know responsibility, which you don't have in Star Wars. You, you know can jelly, just make up anything. You know jelly bellies. Yeah. Okay. Uh, those those weird tasted jelly yeah. beans and stuff. You know the popcorn one that tastes like cheese, like buttered popcorn or something. Yeah. yeah. There's one. Okay. When I eat that thing. I feel really fucking scared and I fucked up. <laughs> it's like my most horrible experience in my life. You know why? Because it shouldn't be. And this movie, when I was watching it, I can't agree with you more. I felt like I was watching a Star Wars, Star Trek movie. And I did not like it. It seemed disingenuous. It seemed like forced to me. This isn't what Star Trek is about. Star Trek is about witty dialogue and, and mind games. Action, yeah. Action can be cool. But the action serves the story, not the story serves the action. Yeah. And in this movie, the story serves the action. Well, not that that's all, always the case with... But yeah, it is always the case with Star Wars, because that's how Lucas fucking writes. Yeah. You know, he writes that the, that the story serves the action. You know, and like... And, and that's cool. It works for some great adventures, and it works very well. And so a lot of people are like, that's bullshit. But, but no, Star, Trek, Star Wars ultimately is one big story, light versus dark. Mm -hmm. You know, there's not a lot of substance to, like, rules of how the Federation and the hierarchy of the way the that... Public. Everyone's yeah. breaking rules. There's, like... Yeah, I mean, maybe time. in some of the substructures of it, like Clone Wars, but I'm talking about the main movies. Yeah. There's not, there's not, like, a lot of... You know, it's just, it's flash and cool. Well, that's why the new series, the new uh, trilogy failed. It's because they have all these Senate seats yeah. and, like, all these, like, rhetoric and stuff like that, which is boring. It, but it's bo but you, even more than it's just boring, it's not interesting. Yeah. You know, but I'm saying, like, if, if they had who, done... Like, who wants to watch Star Wars C-SPAN? Nobody. Yeah. So how does this make you feel as a Star Trek... Star Wars fan going in with JJ. Is it does this make you feel optimistic because you see some elements of this movie if they were used Star Wars wise might be entertaining? Or does it scare you? I mean that I like to me it made me slightly optimistic because if you if if this if they had replaced all these characters and this was like Luke Leia and all, all of it, it might have been a better movie. Because you had because you have good acting, original acting, but all the action that happened, I'd be down with that. You know, like the action worked, the action was sick. If the next Star Wars, Star Wars movie looks and feels like this from an action standpoint, like, you got me. I think that's the other what he was using this as, is that... Is like this a, a demo practice. reel? Yeah, is this a demo reel this for is Star, his, Star like, Wars episode This is audition tape for getting the Star Wars Yeah, game. he sent the tapes over to Disney of this, the early footage of this, and was like, feel this, put, go listen to this, guys. And they're like, yup, you're the man. Exactly. I, I, I kind of think I, I was waiting for a lightsaber fight at the end between Spock and uh, yeah and I was thinking there was going to be some sort of giant pole arm of some sort that was going to be some sort of battle throwback to the uh, the Spock versus Kirk battle okay because of this and because of how fun this was what I want to do and I'm sorry for the audio quality but sometimes you got to do it and you just got to put it out but and you just got to put it out but what I'm going to do is I'm, I'm going to make an invitation when this movie comes out on DVD or whenever I invite you back to do a commentary cast with me and sit here and watch this movie and we trash it step by step. All right. Well, we'll make a drinking game as well. We are. We are. We'll, 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 we'll figure make it, out. it yeah. somehow fun. Yeah, we're going to figure out the rules and you guys can drink. If I want to eat that movie down. Yeah, and I'll see if I can. Drink. We'll see if we can live cast it too because it would be fun doing Google Hangout or something. Anyways, guys, thanks for listening and talk to you next time. That was awesome. Can't believe you got my hatred of Star Trek. Hi everyone. So that was a twenty-minute nerd rage about the about JJ and the Star Trek movie and our real opinions of it. 
After that, it did proceed to me basically saying, let's watch Star Trek Nemesis right now and judge for yourself whether it's as good or equally as bad as what we just watched. And I did keep the recording going while we were watching Star Trek Nemesis, but the volume in the room and the low quality is good to listen to for 20 minutes, but if I put this on for like two hours, eh, you know, that no good there. <laughs> but as we said before, it, in the midst of the episode, we are going to bring Opie back a lot of times, but specifically when Star Trek comes out on DVD and do a commentary cast with him. And, uh, and you can get some of our opinions of that, and we'll make reference to to uh, Nemesis. I think our favorite part, the funniest part that isn't in there, is at the end when uh, Donkey Kong, Ron Perlman, is getting ready to face off one-on-one against Riker because, well, they're obviously both first in command, so they have to fight. Uh, <laughs> Riker does this pivot jump move where he jumps down this, this pit to go follow after Donkey Kong, and he totally looks like William Shatner. It's like this big, goofy, awkward motion. Because at this point, especially in Nemesis, you know, I never really bought Riker as an athletic fighting type, but even more so, not at that point, it was it was such a joke watching him try to run. So now I just want to bring you guys a couple of clips, or at least this one little clip. I'm going to go through that. I haven't actually gone through it all yet to see if anything else I want to put up. But one little clip that I put on at Anime Boston that I was giving myself notes for for my article. You can kind of hear the drunkenness in my voice. And this is the lead up right before the podcast that King Baby Duck and J.C. And Riley did about the anime music video contest. I had seen a couple of the videos and had a couple of points I wanted to make. And I'm also in that podcast. So you can check that out on the B3 website. But... This was right before King Baby Duck came up the stairs. He he had just been like the Ghostbusters. He climbed 26 flights of stairs because the, the, the elevators in the hotel were all fucked up. You can hear us bitch about that in the other podcast. But right at that point in time, I was leaving myself notes. I did that a few times uh, in the course of the weekend, leave my, left myself little mini notes. So I'm going to play those things out and, and then my come back and say a little goodbye and yeah so again sorry for the low quality but here's a couple more clips yeah it's a clip show yeah that's right <laughs> this week if you've gotten this far opie you can shut it off now or anybody that tuned in just to hear opie can shut it off now opie's done for now <laughs> i do have more recordings of him but nothing to be released right now and uh <laughs> Sorry. So, um, the rest of this is just going to be a clip show of notes that I was leaving to myself. I mean, I could keep talking right now. I do have a lot to say, but I'm going to try to let the rage build up for next week when I get back to doing the Normal Issues program. Because a lot of rage and anger has been building up over the last course of the week that needs to explode all over the place. All this interesting introspection of Star Trek has just been reaching a fever pitch. And you heard it a few seconds ago, but here's some more. Thank you guys for listening. We, I love you. Issues program, love you. Here we go. Again, mind you, I was pretty drunk at this point. It's the end of the night. <laughs>
Hello, everybody. It's Phil the Issues Guy. Sorry for the shitty quality, but I'm using my computer mic right now. I'm watching John C. Riley from Jace Down Studios scratch his ass while he's setting up for him and Evan King Baby Duck to have a special podcast they're going to record for the B3 about the music video contest. I want to put my two cents in there because I did see the last couple of videos. The last video was this stupid fucking video in Dragon Ball Z with some guy that was just kicking himself in the ball or getting kicked in the balls over and over again. And the way I'm describing this to you is more funny than it actually was. I don't get angry. I enjoy ball jokes. I like when people's balls get kicked. I like when their balls are all over the floor. I like when balls are in my face. Wait, did I say that? But I do like it. It's okay. I like basketballs in my face and I catch and I shoot the jumper. Bam! Two points. Well, anyways, folks, this is going to be one of my little blurbs that I'm going to do with me here at Anime Boston. I'm a little drunk. I'm a little bit... I'm sort of drinking the Kool-Aid here. This is pretty cool. I am. I'm getting into this shit. There's a lot of cool vibes around, a lot of good people. The one thing I'm going to say straight out, and I'm talking about this in a news story I'm writing as well, the people here are the coolest bunch of, like, festival slash... uh, con people I've ever bumped into. I've been to not a lot, but I've been to a couple of PAXs. I've been to a Star Trek convention. I've been to, uh, what else? I've been to a Comic-Con, a couple of Comic-Cons. And and for the most part, people here at this Anime Boston, they're very accepting. I don't know a lot about anime, and it's being obvious in certain situations, and it doesn't matter. I'm asking uh, the people questions about... I'm asking about their acting prowess and their dick prowess. I don't know how I rewind there. I had a recording glitch because I like to tell you guys everything. I had a recording glitch. It stopped. It was like right speed slow or some stupid shit like that. So I had to stop and start and stop and start. It's like when you get hard, then you lose it, then you get hard again, then you lose it again, and then you can't fuck anybody unless you get a finger in your ass. That kind of pokes your little ball sack and makes you hard. I know this is too much information, but it's anime, Boston. That's where there is time for too much information. Oh, yeah. I'm looking at John's bulge while I'm talking. I think it's riding, it's rolling, it's ripping, it's going, it's hot, it's wrong. It's 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 so pathetically amazing. You know why? You know what I don't like about hotels? I don't like when you have <laughs> when you have these these weird hotel refrigerators, and I put my beer in the refrigerator in the morning, and it ends up frozen. I don't like. You know what's worse than Miller High Life? Slushy Miller High Life. Yeah. That shit sucks, man. Yeah. So I wanted, like I said, I wanted to get on here and talk about the first day at Anime Boston. Uh, first of all, I was here Thursday night and had a cool time hanging out with some of the people from the Vagabonds and King Baby Duck from Boston Bass Brigade, and it was a good time. Ate some pizza, thanks to John C. Riley, yep. and partied like it was 1935. It was a, it was a, it was a special day in a young oh, boy's nice. life. <laughs> so I then. I'm walking around the room with you now, so I apologize for sound quality. I'm going to open a door and look at crazy people. Let's see. Wow, that is a big wait for the uh, elevator. There's like, and that's the thing, the elevators have been breaking today, and there's like 3,578 people waiting for the elevator. And we're drinking in the hallway, watching people waiting for the elevator. It's a good t- this has been my last couple of hours just hanging out with elevator people. Yeah, whether it's up or down, take an elevator because they, they don't come often. They're like, they're like nuns and monks. They don't orgasm often, but when they do, it's an explosion. <laughs> so, guys, this is just a little bit of my fun. And guess what? Those people weren't dicks. They were kind of nice. They smiled. They rolled their eyes at me being lame. And it happens as I turn around. This is going to be the worst-sounding podcast ever in history, you know, because it's going through computer speakers. 
but it doesn't matter. It's just that kind of party, folks. I am the issues guy, and I am here to tell you that Anime Boston is a good time. So the morning started out, I got up bright and early with King Baby Duck, and we raced ourselves down to the local establishment to check in and go to opening ceremonies. No offense against opening ceremonies, I understand the facts behind it, but open ceremonies seem like a bunch of useless foreplay to me. It's just basically sitting around and, and everybody being introduced, and it's like, hey, this person, you're going to see this person talk at Anime Boston. They come out on stage, and they go, hi, I'm going to be speaking at Anime Boston, and then they leave stage. I think opening ceremony is the stupidest thing in the world, and I was just saying this. Basically what happens is, is it's like, oh, hey, today at Anime Boston, John C. Riley's going to speak. Everyone, it's John C. Riley. Hi. And then he leaves stage. What the fuck is that? I don't want to get up at, at fucking ass crack in the morning to go down there. Thank you very much for closing the refrigerator after I got my vodka out. Now, I, I don't want to go down there at, at ass o'clock in the morning after being up late doing God knows what with God knows who. We'll leave it at that. And part and get up, go down to these open ceremonies, and then I have some guy who, who I guess is a good musician, he, he sings really well, but then he fucks up the Cheers song. He's like, hey, hey, Boston, I know what you guys want to hear. You want to hear the Cheers song, because Cheers is from Boston. And then he went and did the Cheers song, and it sucked. He fucked up the words, and not in like a cool, like I'm fucking up the words to be funny sort of way. He fucked up the words like I don't know the words, and I just saw Cheers once, and I got fucking... Fingered in my butt. I keep talking about fingers in my butt tonight. I don't know why. Again, it's that kind of party. It's the kind of scene that you do put fingers in your butt. And you do dance with the devil by the pale moonlight. And you do make Mexicans jump with beans of lightning rust. Now I'm just talking on my ass. Now I don't know. Now I don't. Now I can't even go. Hey. And now we got King Baby Duck calling me on the phone. How's it going, King Baby Duck? Hello? Hello? I lost Evan on the phone. I, Evan called me. I don't know why, but he did call me, and I lost track of him. Let me, let me, let me, ref, let me call him back. I am going to call Evan back. Now, this is all being recorded for posterity. It might be taken out later, but who knows? Are you, are you walking? Dude, no shit, dude. I like, that was, welcome to my last, I mean, I did make it down to the music videos for like the comedy ones, but like, welcome to my last couple of hours trying to get up and down to the pool. Like, like I waited for hours. You meet a lot of cool people, but it's a clusterfuck. I'll see, I'll see you up in the room in a few. So I'm sorry, I'm, I'm sorry, man. I'm, I'm sorry you had to deal with that. It's, it's a clusterfuck. I'll see you in a few minutes. Oh, no, he's right here. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, the one and only King Baby Duck is coming, and he made it. Did he make it? He did. So, folks, he sounds drunk. He's very loud. Oh, good. Good, I'm glad. Let him have some fun. 
But ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to need to wrap up this little summation. Oh my God. I'm going to need to wrap up this summation pretty soon because because uh, Ping Baby Duck and John C. Riley are going to start their Boston Bass Brigade podcast pretty soon. But I wanted to touch in with you guys about my insanity and the fun I've been having here in Anime Boston. And please check out the Boston Bass Brigade website uh, website and the B3 crew and check out the podcast John and Evan are going to be doing. And you can hear them bitch about how stupid that kick in the balls video was. That was the I walked all the way the fuck down to watch watch some stupid Dragon Ball bullshit of some guy getting kicked in the balls over and over again. I kick myself in the balls and it's funnier than that. What the fuck? Water. But anyways, the second there's a there's there is a water in there, cold water in there. Uh but thank you Jesus Christ Vampire Hunter. The second to last video there that was on the second to last video. I know you're going to talk about that whatever that one was with Red Arm the, the the sort of uh the sort of symphony one, the one that was more classical type music. Uh little nuts. That was my favorite one. Anyways, folks, thank you very, very much. I'm going to drink more vodka, party more, go downstairs and do some hippie activities with the locals. You know, the usual stuff the Issues guy does. I'm really excited to be here this weekend. Thank you, everybody. I'll try to get back on and talk to you a little bit more, but this is a little bit five to seven or eight. What are we going to get? Eight minutes? Eight minutes of just me basically bitching for 20 minutes with crappy audio. I guess it's better than nothing. Good night. Goodbye. Now here's something from uh, day two evening. Uh, here we go, guys. That sound right there was the toilet in the toilet in the hotel room flushing. Yes, in fact, our toilet sounds like a garbage disposal. But, like I said, I just wanted to come on here with some quick thoughts. We just got out of an interview with... What's her name again? Kari Waldron. Kari Waldron. Now... Not someone I'm, as I've mentioned before, I'm not completely familiar with anime, but I gotta say, this young lady was really cool. We all vibed with her very well. Uh, Evan King Baby Duck talked to her a bit about how his, how uh, one of her early animes was very influential into him starting the Boston Bass Brigade. She was very, very perked by this, and there's a good way of starting the whole interview process, and she in fact asked King Baby Duck to make her a mixtape of some interesting music. Then she mentions how she's a sports fan, and that's when I jump in with, with asking her about her favorite sports teams and talking about acting in live action, which voice actors I can kind of tell for the most part, they like to know that people are asking them those questions, that they, that people, that they can think about being in live action. So I asked her about that, talked a little sports, and then someone asked her about her favorite franchises. And right there, J.C. Riley had an orgasm in her pants as she said Doctor Who. Not just that, she said her favorite doctor was David Tennant, and that she worked on him, and she had a man, she had not just a man crush, a crush, because she's a woman, it's not a man crush, she had a sexual crush, not sexual, well, she did make it a little sexual. <laughs> um, and she also talked about Wonder Woman, which was pretty hot, but... Oh my God, I have my... My entire time, I had my number one headband upside down. What the hell? Night, but it did not matter. But needless to say, today has been a really good day so far. We've uh, this is where our day is going to get interesting because we've got a couple more, a uh, couple more interviews set up for the rest of the day. Um, this is where me, as the issues guy, has to figure out what I want to do. At uh, six p.m., there will be a Legend of Zelda event, which I'm definitely going to. But also, right around now, now, it's when it's going to be our next interview, there's also a drumming thing. And as most of the fans of the Issues program knows, drums and issues go hand in hand. And I love the drums. So I want to keep up the momentum. So I'm probably going to stick with JC in, in the king here. Uh, 
and I got to meet the guy we we're interviewing. It's been a really fun day, getting a lot of great interviews. Anime Boston's an amazingly fun place, whether you're into anime or not. I've definitely learned a lot, and there's a lot of different things I want to check out after seeing it here in Anime Boston, especially with meeting the voice actors and knowing how nice of people they are and and seeing how passionate they are about their projects. That kind of passion and, and professionalism inspires me to want to help them out in their field and something that I didn't know when I'm realizing while I'm on this trip that similar to the way that the music industry was facing a crossroads and even more dire, the anime industry is facing this danger zone area where so many people are streaming and stealing and the fans are so obsessed with the sort with the material that they want to get it in any way possible and like everything these days, avoid paying for it with this streaming culture we live in. But unlike Hollywood-based shows or movies... Anime needs a lot of funding and a lot of help. By not paying for it, it's really kind of you're biting the hand that feeds you. And not just uh, we talked to Stephanie Shea yesterday. We talked to Tom Wayland. Tom Wayland, and and talking talking to her today, they all said the same thing: that if people want to save the anime industry, if people want to help help turn it around to a prop to a place where it's making profit. The only thing that can happen, it's not about the marketing, it's not about anything else, it's about you guys, the fans, the people that love it, actually buying stuff. You know, not streaming it, not stealing it. I mean, it's a difficult thing, but it seems to be a a, a mantra of the voice actors this this year, um, where everyone's kind of kind of been saying that. I've heard that a bunch of times today from a bunch of different people. And and it's it reminds me again of the internet landscape changing with music and the, and the music industry trying to find the solution to dealing with the landscape changing. So these are my initial thoughts. I might come back on a little bit later, and I'm going to include... You know what? I didn't come back later. <laughs> uh, well, I did come back later, and there is a recording of that. That's some of the lost recordings that I was very, very drunk and peeing while recording the podcast. And the pee is very, very loud. The pee is so loud that it's drowning out the podcast. In fact, the beginning of that show, that one you just listened to, I had to cut that right when the toilet flushes because the beginning half is just, my pee is too loud. I guess that's that's where we're going to end this week. Everybody, thank you very much. I have to send a huge thank you to the Boston Bastard Brigade, uh, King Baby Duck, for having me and J.C. Riley out to Anime Boston this year. It was an awesome time and real great learning experience like to thank all the people we met like to thank sam ob for coming on the show this week and talking a little star trek can't wait to have you back thank anybody who's made it this far and has listened to all the crappy audio i promise this won't be the norm i'll get back to good quality or relatively decent quality audio next time and next time we'll also be back to the very to the normal the or normal whatever's normal about the issues program the regular format of the issues program talking about a lot of crazy news and what's going on in the world rather than just star trek even though i know i'll probably end up going on some star trek rants can't help myself can't help myself captain so check out all my friends boston bass brigade land of esh geek argo and jace down studios check it out everybody thank you very much for tuning in this week talk to you next time